Video. You know you need it. You know it's all but expected from Gen Z at this point. But you've got no time and little budget, and your Marcom department is two months late on those new program brochures they promised. So asking them to help with a video? Forget it. But what if video could be as simple as sending an email to a prospective student? Meet GoodKind, a video engagement platform designed to make each one of your prospects feel like they're getting the extra special treatment. As an enrollment manager, you're competing for attention. And in a sea full of static, boring HTML emails from other schools, a personal video is how you stand out and drive action. With GoodKind, you can bring your university, faculty, and students to life by designing an engaging, hyper-personalized, and video-first communications journey. Increase applications, increase yield, and decrease melt with the power of GoodKind. Visit wearegoodkind.com forward slash enrollify to book a demo and see just how powerful video marketing can be show your face show you care see the difference connection makes at wearegoodkind.com forward slash enrollify when i was in ad school back in college when we had and this is like this was way long ago this is the 90s early 90s but when we went into the copywriting class and we were told, you know, the assignment is to create a, a print ad that would go in whatever magazine. And back then we're drawing it out, maybe using a Xerox copier to put type, you know, down. And, but the only way that we could complete the assignment was if we mimicked what we'd already seen in the magazines, you know? And it's like, if you did something that was off, it, it got a bad grade. But if you did something that looked like an ad, you got, you got a good grade. And I think that a lot of people feel that by doing things that look like ads, they're hitting a checkbox that says, okay, this is legit. This is, this is how it should look. All right, Todd. So we literally connected on Twitter. I think it was forty-eight hours ago, like almost, okay. almost literally forty-eight hours ago to the to the second here. And I posted a tweet saying my podcast guest for this week had to uh, reschedule, and Seth Odell uh, responded and said I should talk to you. So we don't really have an agenda for this conversation other than to connect. And I have since, in the past twenty-four hours, done a little bit of stalking of you and learned a little bit, but have some questions for you, but first and foremost, welcome to the Enroll Fly podcast. Well, thank you. And thanks, Seth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seth is great. Uh, his recommendations uh, have never failed to deliver. So hopefully you won't be the first. That's uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I am, I've got a couple of initial questions here and uh, prepared. And then I really want to just kind of get into a, a brainstorm and pick your brain on a few a few things that I've been thinking about that I think based off of some of your recent social media posts, you might also be thinking about. Um, first and foremost, so you at University of Florida from for a couple years, I guess, yeah, almost almost exactly two years, you held a role that was called Senior Director of Innovation and Engagement. And I feel like that's that's just such a badass like job title. Like what, what were you doing in that role? Like what did that role consist of? 
Uh, great question. Now, uh, I mean, titles are titles. <laughs> uh, so it, you get creative with titles over time. Um, but I mean, at, at the core of it was thinking up uh, new ways to do things. Uh, higher ed is very cyclical, you know, where we go through the same thing over and over. Um, social uh, provides new takes on things every every year there's something different happening every month every week there's something different happening so it's more about exploring opportunities um to to keep relevant uh in a in a space that is uh, crowded with a lot of noise and um I don't know, it's just a title you know <laughs> like right now uh, the title's different but you know the what happens inside the head and the things that you're trying to accomplish are you know still the same and was this housed like within university marketing communications or like yep. okay so it's part of strategic the... communications and marketing okay as we call it here okay yeah so that it's um we uh deal with good news and bad news and uh, during the the covid times you know things kind of um with social things definitely uh you know our brand is fun university of florida is fun um and during covid you know we kind of had to alter some things and go into more of uh especially i mean we were uh university of florida was definitely like um like i mentioned previously as we were talking you know yeah. we, we had two months of work from home and then we were back at the office so the things that we do we didn't want to you know look tone deaf yeah, know, we, yeah we definitely wanted to make sure that it was a scary time to, to try to be fun um so yeah yeah no that's that's super interesting and you you know, you've been in the the social game and the content creation game and uh, the the creative game for a while now, and I like I'd love I haven't talked to actually too many people that have been in in higher ed and also uh, in in social for for years like you have. I feel mm -hmm. like it's become a little bit more of a recent phenomenon that you're seeing really cool people that are great content creators um, that have done social for in other industries, kind of making their way into higher education. But you've you've been in the game here for for a while. What was like what what was it like in like the early days of <laughs> trying to help an institution understand how to do social well? Oh, it was awesome. I mean, it was the most fun I've ever had in my career. Uh, was trying to convince people to to join something that um, you know where you post your lunch. You know, there was like nobody understood anything. You know, and, it, and the people that were understanding, um, like I wasn't the first person on Twitter, but that that year that it really took off at South by, you know, it was like, there was a community of people and then there was a higher ed community. Um, and it was fun to see the ideas start hatching and how things could evolve into web 2.0. And it was such a, a awesome concept, you know, like in the, the beginning, beginning days, I was a webmaster, which uh, is the weirdest thing ever. But you know, that web 1.0, I guess was, um, you had to you had to learn so much you had to you know you had, to, you had to acquire a domain you had to get a server you had to understand html you had to do all this stuff that wasn't the creative stuff but the stuff that you needed to do to get your creative stuff out there uh and then web 2.0 i mean it, it like flipped the script where people everybody could you know take part in this cool network of things on the the internet and yeah but it was the joy in it was 
the discovery on my end, the the discovery and other people in higher ed that were like, holy, uh, you cuss on your podcast or not? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're free. Yes. Like, they're like, holy shit, dude, this is like perfectly aligned with, you know, our target audience. This is perfectly aligned with our community on campus. This is, this is next. Um, but like at the very dawn of it, no, it was impossible. It was like, we at UW Green Bay, we acquired all of the Twitter handles for like admissions, you know, at admissions, at registrar, at career services, and all these top level things where I was like, hey, this could pan out. But trying to sell at student life to the student life office, they're like, there's nobody on it but you. And it's like, yeah, but someday. Yeah. And it, so it it was fun to watch that evolve. And God bless Oprah, because Oprah, like really, once Oprah joined Twitter, you know, and did her all caps tweet, that's when things finally started clicking around campus that or with the you know, the, the older folks on campus who are doing the jobs that <laughs> this is actually, uh, this is viable. This is something that has legs and maybe let's play on Twitter and let's, let's figure out, you know, Facebook and let's, let's do these things. So, wow. But yeah, no, that, that was the fun times, right? And it was fun because everybody was learning. Um, and it, everybody in higher ed and higher has always been like this. It, you want to help each other. So it was, it was about, you know, hey, did you see this cool thing? Did you do this? Hey, and so there's a lot of bouncing things back and forth. I mean, Seth, uh, who we talked about earlier, um, he he did a, a, a video podcast type thing that higher ed live. Um, you know, I, I went on there with my son. My son was dressed up as a banana, I think. You know, and we we're just it was it was fun. We were learning all together, and but I mean, it was it was tough to do things back then because you had to you had to do all kinds of things like what we're doing today on zoom is so simple yeah you know we're spoiled now but back in the day it was very complex but i think the struggle is what made it awesome and uh, seeing what worked some places and didn't work other places higher ed's very uh you got large publics the flagships where i am now you know a flagship uh kills it instantly on social we could go anywhere and we have a following. Yeah. Where at UW Green Bay, it was very much uh, grassroots. Come on, man, let's let's try to do something. And but it also gave us opportunities to do things that you know you can't do at the big schools. You can really dive in and do things. And if nobody's watching, you, know, you can play even harder. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious. Uh, what somebody who responded to to my tweet actually? Um, I'm looking up his name right now. Brian Nickel, he he responded yeah. and he said to talk to us a little bit about your first gig at UW Green Bay. So I don't know if there's yeah. a specific story he had in mind or how well how well you might know him, but um, is there is there a story beyond the story you just shared about acquiring these handles really really early on during that time that that really stands out as as a pivotal moment to you? Yeah, Brian, he was a assistant athletic director. Okay, so one of the cool things about my job when I got the job. I was a webmaster for student affairs and athletics and UW Green Bay is a division one school, you know? And so I was doing, uh, Brian and I and uh, Sheila were basically another assistant athletic director. We're basically trying to figure out, or it's sports information director. I'm sorry, not athletic director. Um, but we were trying to figure out, you know, how to take the website to the next level. So that was one of the big projects for when I first got there was to redesign and uh, build uh, a division one athletics website, huh. you know, and it was Brian, Brian's smart. Um, and 
I don't know if he was still there when we were messing around with Twitter, but he's definitely, I mean, he's used it in his professional career now. He works um, in a, a school district and he's, he's killing it. He's using it to connect. And, but I mean, it's all, everything evolves. Yeah. So yeah. They, and I know we're talking, we're going into web three, maybe, yeah. you know, and it's like, what, what is next? But I mean, at the core of it, it's all about relationships and building things and community and, uh, no, man, Unibrig Roommate was uh, a phenomenal place to work, a yeah. great opportunity, had lovely people that I worked with, uh, and Brian's definitely one of them. So I, I want your thoughts on, it, it seems to me too, again, and I, I wasn't as, I wasn't paying as much attention to this space, you know, uh, a couple decades ago, but um, in, in the last, like, you know, 10 years, it seems that and I feel like this is true of all industries and how industries have just kind of like approached social in general is they first get on it and it becomes sort of like a, a channel for distribution, right? Like a channel for like communication dissemination, essentially, like come to this event, you know, we are doing this thing, um, yeah. et cetera. Now it feels like social ac across industries, but even in higher ed, like it's kind of evolved into more of like a, a creative sandbox. Like it's, it's, you're trying to be creative for the sake of delivering some compelling message that is platform specific. And, you know, m many schools are terrible at this. Um, many people are terrible at this, but I think more and more people are kind of catching on, at least the savvy ones that, hey, people want something that they can kind of consume and be entertained by and learn something from. I think TikTok is a mm -hmm. great example of this as, mm -hmm. as a platform. So how, like, any thoughts on on that evolution, like from your perspective of when social media became a place to to kind of like flex your creativity as opposed to just like disseminate information. Yeah, I mean, the, the parallels between being a webmaster. So when you build a website, basically all emphasis was placed on a brochure that the department had. And all you did was cut apart the brochure and make a, a website template off of it. And it was like <laughs> brochure on the web. And then the web kind of evolved you know, where things got more sophisticated and interesting and you go to a website now and things are just, you know, well, what is happening here? This is not a brochure. This is actually, they thought of this before they thought of their brochure, if they still have a brochure. The web, I, I, I would, I see it kind of differently than you because at that beginning phase, I think it was the sandbox phase for a lot of the people that were, were doing the things, but it's on mm. a personal level. Yeah, it, it wasn't so much on a, a company level but if you learn to play as a person first which we all do um, and then taking maybe what someone else sees as hey this we got to do our brochure on social you know and but you're like hey you know what doesn't work on social that brochure you know what works on social <laughs> is when you connect with people yeah so it's it's um I, I think that some some places have had it right from the start i think some places um bounce back and forth you know where it it, it I, I don't think it's as much of a uh, i don't know how to say this, like a linear you know, progression it, yeah. yeah yeah no i think it's it, it's got its ebbs and flows and there i mean i think COVID is a perfect example of that you know it, when when it came on social you know or any pop or not a popular event but any trending topic that is uh bad or any crisis that happens that you know it's like uh Hey, mute your account today. Yeah. It, it, but there's, um, I think it's it's more of a, you got to see what works. Sometimes yeah. it's more what you're doing. nature. Yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes what you're doing uh, doesn't work, but that doesn't mean that it won't work later on. Yeah. 
it's uh, sometimes your audience has to evolve up to what you're doing and people don't see value in it. And I think that's, the focus has always been on creating community. You know, it's hard to justify, uh, you know, the more something looks like an ad, you know, the more something looks like marketing, you know, the less likely people are going to, to embrace it as, you know, uh, something more fluid, like a relationship. Hey, all Zach here from Enrollify. If you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows too. Our podcast network is growing by the month and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. Our shows feature a selection of the industry's best as your hosts. Learn from Mickey Baines, Jeremy Tears, Jamie Hunt, Corinne Myers, Jamie Gleason, and many, many more. You can learn more about the Enrollify Podcast Network at podcasts.enrollify.org. Our shows help higher ed marketers and admissions professionals find their next big idea. Find yours at podcasts.enrollify.org. So, so why do you think, if that's true, which I believe it is, why do we still, like, why is there still so much, especially in higher education, social advertising that is that is like tone deaf like why are why are yeah. schools still spending hundreds of thousands of dollars millions of dollars a year on these campaigns that do look exactly like an ad like wh- yeah, wh- where does that come from i don't i don't know i don't know if it's uh you know you're in the enrollment space so it, it's obviously not like they're trying to target it to people that like the look of ads you know it, <laughs> it's so i mean you can justify something saying hey you don't know who the, the target audience is for this and you know people get comfortable if they see this billboard on the internet and say oh yeah okay but i mean i think it's just what, what's always been done and i, I think there, the evolution of social has happened so much more quickly than the evolution of marketing and i think that when you hmm. when you look at the traditional side of things and how things have always been done. And it's not even always been done. I mean, marketing wasn't always in higher ed, you know, marketing in higher ed just happened. I don't know how long ago. I'm like, you just enter something that makes me sound smart. Little, <laughs> yeah, but, 10, 20 years know, ago. It, yeah. Yeah. yeah probably about, probably about it, 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so, but even in that, I'm not going to say that, like the most creative people don't go into higher ed, but I feel like, uh, creative people have options mm. and i'm not saying that higher ed you know like shit i worked here you know 20 years in yeah. higher ed you know maybe i don't have options but there, there's uh higher ed's different and i think that the people that are in higher ed are somehow built different and i don't think that uh you don't have to I don't think there's as much emphasis on creativity and cleverness and uh, community. Yeah. Yeah. And I but... think that's just because there's a traditional take on what marketing is. Just yeah. when I was in ad school or back in college, uh, when we had, and this is like, this was way long ago. This is the nineties, early nineties. But when we went into the copywriting class and we were told you know, the assignment is to create a, a print ad that would go in whatever magazine. Yeah. And back then we're drawing it out, maybe using a Xerox copier to put type, you know, down it. But the only way that we could complete the assignment was if we mimicked what we'd already seen in the magazines, you know, and it's like, if you did something that was off, it got a bad grade. But if you did something that looked like an ad, you got, you got a good grade. And I think that a lot of people feel that by doing things that look like ads, 
they're 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 hitting a checkbox that says okay this is legit this is this is how it should look and i think that you know the world has evolved and i think that uh social is an excellent place to to shake that up i mean it makes a lot of sense in the industry too given how just academia works right and like the how peers how important sort of like peer culture is uh is in academia and so like you know, imitation right is mm-hmm. is is important it's kind of like rooted in in higher education and yep. in a lot of its programming and so but but like uh, i guess i guess what i what i think a lot about is higher education as an industry right uh, and you know people are talking about this at ad nauseum is is under lots of scrutiny like it it's it seems quote-unquote ripe for disruption there's the 2026 cliff that everyone's been talking about for years, right? Like there's all the, there are all these like forces at play. There's the disruptions that COVID caused that COVID uh, caused. Uh, and so to your, to your point too, about like this being creative people ha- kind of like having options and and doing lots of things. It, it also kind of seems to me that like an industry that does have these, these challenges and yet a plethora of, of opportunities and incredibly mm-hmm it's an incredibly important like social good education is yep. it sort of seems like there's a, we're in this moment right now where higher ed does need these these innovative thinkers higher ed does need people to to come in and and or grow within to be able to create compelling offers and creating compelling offers is is the first step to then creating compelling advertising right and so i guess as you think about as you think about the next couple of years here, the next two, three years, like what are the things that you're paying most attention to? And like, who are the players that you think the industry needs more of in order to, in order to remain competitive? Yeah. I, I think higher ed does a bad job at selling itself it, to workforce. You know, I think um, what can, what can the university of Florida offer a young creative that most other places can't, you know, or most other industries can't is uh, if you're in the social game, uh, there is no better place to work than higher ed because you're forced to evolve. You know, it's like hmm. when the University of Florida joined TikTok in 2018, it was is cringy. Uh, the the uh, the interns were turned off by it. They're like, "This is what my kid sister does, and you guys have no right to be there." And but you're kind of forced to always be looking. Um, to these demographics that are using these new tools. And, and so higher ed offers the opportunity for anybody who's creative to constantly stay fresh with that target audience I, better than anybody else. And we're so dedicated to that, that audience and that audience is on our campus. What does the industry need to do? What does the industry, what does higher ed need to do to change, to be more attractive to these creatives? Because, right, we, we need creative problem solvers. We need creative leaders mm-hmm. in this space if we, again, want to reimagine our offerings as an institutions. Yeah. For some, I mean, University of Florida is in a different state than many institutions, but like yeah. many institutions aren't in a, in a fantastic state. They don't have, I mean, they're, they're not, pu- many of them aren't public that are, that are being, that are in these dire financial straits. But beyond that, there's this reckoning that has happened, uh, again, throughout, not even just the states. This is kind of like a global phenomenon around, what is the value of higher education, right? Yeah. And and how do we how do we sort of reframe this so that the, this this social good, this thing that is very important to the well being of our of our children of our of our society, continues to be seen that way, right? And what 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 shoring up does need to happen in order in order for that to be true? And then who do we need to bring like onto the team to help communicate that that offering? And so, 
you know, I, I, you, I think are, are hitting on a couple of these points to, to dive in a little bit further to, or to, I guess, to add on to what you were saying, it's also true, right? In, in addition to being forced to constantly change as a, as a creative in higher ed, it's also true that like, you'll have access to depending on the institution, but really working in social in any college or university, you're going to have access to a massive audience comparatively, mm -hmm. like the audience that university of Florida has compared to the audience that, you know, a, a, a young startup has in terms of its social audience is, is, you know, night and day, right? Like it's, it's massive and having access as a creator to a massive audience can accelerate that learning. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that's another thing that isn't, isn't touted, you know, uh, enough or, or talked enough about as you, as you think about like the channels or, or actually a better, a better question here is just, like what, what is heavy on your mind right now as you like look out right and in the current state of higher ed the current state of social the current state of marketing what are things that you're paying attention to and things that you're either worried about and or and or excited about yeah what i hate is influencers and i hate the the fact that we've devoted time to to courting people to to do our content what i love is a community of engaged people that create because they want to create. And <clears throat> I mean, our opportunity as a campus is to provide those shareable moments and to, to uh, make people want to, to, to document their day on campus and to share it with others. And I think that as we get from, you know, the, the read internet to the read, write internet to the read, write own internet, if we don't have that community of people and whether see we're spoiled at university of florida because it, it i could maybe not during the summer but any other time of year i could look out this window and we could find 10 people that have followings that are you know dedicated to you know what, what they're doing and there's a, a circle of influence between what they do are they influencers yeah man everybody's an influencer right but they're, they're also uh passionate about the place and they, they want to share the good things and the bad things. And that's what makes it great. But um, building that out further, I think our intent as a university to get these people to tell these stories, it has to be genuine. You know, it, it can't be, we want this marketing message in your mouth and, you know, but. So how do, it, how do, how do like marketing and, and creative leaders like facilitate those kinds of environments at on campus, like within their community? Because what you're saying you know, it makes, it makes perfect sense, you know, it, it, but like, if you don't naturally have that, or, or maybe you do have that, but you're not aware of it, like, how do you help facilitate culture that is conducive to that? Yeah, I mean, one of the ways is to, you know, encourage people, to, you know, it, it, it's basic stuff, right? And like, many moons ago, we would do, uh, and we still do this, but at EW Green Bay, we would during commencement you know if you use our hashtag you know we'll put you up on the jumbotron back in the day when twitter was just taken off i mean i don't I, i'm almost positive there weren't photos on twitter back in the day you know and that's but once there were then it became an opportunity i feel like i feel like i'm like tapping into a whole like wealth of knowledge right now and i'm just like i'm, I'm soaking it all in so i, I have another follow-up question for you on this yeah. because um <laughs> like I'll pay attention this time. Okay, if you, this is about you. Like, how, how do you think through like developing social strategy? Like, what are what is what does your creative process look like? And you know, what are, are are there things that you're doing now that you weren't doing like two or three years ago even? And like, if so, what are those things? 
Yeah, no. It, so uh, at the University of Florida, it was really super simple. Uh, when I was recruited here, it was to get them in the top 10 of US News World Report. So having uh, strong goals and knowing audiences uh, helps build those strategies. Uh, we got to the top 10 uh, and then the goal posts were moved and it was to get to the top five. Uh, that was accomplished uh, last year. Uh, so the trying to figure out how to uh, create a strategy, but it has to be this institutional thing, right? Yeah. It can't just be like, hey, social strategy. But, but honestly, there is. There is parts to it where it can be just a social strategy. Building community is the hugest thing. The biggest opportunity was social. And that's, it's not learned from an institutional lens. It's, it's learned from a, a personal lens on what social can do yeah. and what, what, what makes it unique. Why would you use it? And it's not to, you know, just say you're great. It's to encourage other people to say you're great, yeah. or, you know, to find the people that think you're great and to, to see what they're doing and to learn about new opportunities. Yeah. Um, we're storytellers at heart with the content, but content discovery happens on social. I mean, there's so many things that social does that are impossible to do if you sit behind a desk all day. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's like social allows us to be out on campus all day even if we are at the desk or when out you, of pocket. Yeah, when, when, you, when you think about like hiring for your teams like and, and bringing people on board, like are you looking for people, like do you, do you go and evaluate their personal like socials to understand? That's, that's creepy, Zach. No, man, <laughs> we don't do that. But I mean, it's like- uh, Or like how do like you two... assess, how do you assess if they're good at creating content? If they're, if they, like, like, I, like my generation, like everybody thinks that they're good at social media. Right. Like everyone yeah. thinks that they know mm -hmm. social media. It's not like and, and most don't. And so, like, I guess, like, how, how do you think through, like, how do you help understand whether or not people are going to be good at this? I don't think I mean, sure, you can look at reels and see what they're doing or look at their past projects. But I mean, it comes down to, like, what is a fit for the University of Florida? It's like a passion for the craft yeah. and a passion for the place hmm. or the industry, you know, so it's like. You know, I said something about earlier about like higher ed. It's how do you recruit? Man, we're we're not causing the diabetes and the cancer. We're trying to cure that. You know, and at this, and like you can say that all over higher ed, but like at this university right here outside these windows, they're doing that. Like today, someone is actually that is their focus of their day hmm. is to cure things. Yeah. And so, um, but to get people excited about the craft, you can tell if they are are by looking at their portfolio, and then to get people excited about the place, I think that's where. You know, it's, it's the, the people, the purpose of the institution, but th there are things that have to align, especially with being um, in a, 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 trying to constantly come up with ideas and ways to share things. Uh, I don't know if you've ever read the book, like Water for Chocolate. And no. I, it was, yeah, it's a movie too. I just watched the movie. I was supposed to read the book, but I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't the strongest of readers back in the day. But thanks to Twitter, I'm way better. Uh, but it's sort of like uh, whatever passion or whatever you're feeling at the moment that you're preparing the meal, when people consume that meal, that's, uh, you know, they take on those emotions. Mm. So having the passion for, you know, the craft and the passion for the place, people creating that content, uh, with those two ingredients, the people that consume it, you know, can tell. You can tell when something's forced. Yeah. Man. I, I can, I can look. Even uh, looking at my past, yeah. you know, I can look at things. So I'm like, yeah, that that was uh, more of a checkbox that I had to do yeah. versus something that I loved to do. Yeah, yeah. When you yeah, so, so evaluating that, I don't know, man. It's uh, 
that that's where you do the one-on-one interviews where you can actually talk to the people and, and see what they're doing. And yeah. for University of Florida, man, if you graduated from here, I mean, that's it. It's like, okay, tell me more about what you did while you were here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so our two most recent hires are videographers and they both graduated from the University of Florida and they're passionate about the place. Yeah. And they're both passionate about the craft of, you know, capturing things on film. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's yeah. That, I mean, that makes it, that makes a ton of sense. You talked about like a major uh, KPI that you guys were fo- were focused on of hey, get into the top ten, get into the top five. But then, like super easy to measure, yeah, you know. Yeah, you, yeah. you find those results all the but, time. But so. but like yeah yeah. When when you think about like other other key performance indicators for your team, like like how again you you guys don't necessarily have. Oh, well, I, I shouldn't say this. I, I would imagine that you're not directly responsible for increasing enrollment at a particular percentage point each academic cycle and whatnot so like and i imagine too that maybe there's some fundraising kpis baked in there but that's not your kind of core focus so like what 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 do you and your team like how, how are you measuring kind of success throughout the year what are, what are you guys yeah, looking at so those things that you mentioned are still part of the metrics sure. that us news uses so it's like if we get a smarter class all the better yep. you know if we get more people to donate all the better that's engagement of alumni yep. you know you know, so <laughs> those are all things that are focus pieces. But I mean, in this, you know, I say don't let numbers dictate, you know, let them motivate. But the metrics around following, the metrics around engagement, uh, those are important to get a pulse of what you're doing. And I, I don't, if you're not growing in a, in a, a arena, then maybe it's time to go to the next arena. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's things. I mean, we, the, the amount of time that we've dedicated to MySpace in the past, you know, seven years has been zero. Yeah. You know, yeah. the amount of time we spent on Pinterest in the past five years, not really there, you know, but I think as things evolve and there's new opportunities, you start moving things. And so I think constantly growing your community. Uh, and how do you measure that? I mean, followers for sure, but then you can also look at, you know, if you're using big products like Brandwatch, you can see like, you know, the mentions that are popping and how, how your inf- influencers who follow you. Yeah. One of the metrics that we used back in the early days uh, to see if our content was popping was to see how many of uh, the football players were actually following, you know, the Twitter account, you know, because it was like if, if they're following it, you know, it's so it, it was a, it was a cool way. It, I forget what we called it, but it, it was, we had a whole bunch of different things, you know, metrics that mattered to us and getting that being uh, worthy of being followed by a football player who doesn't, you know, a starting quarterback, you know, that was a metric, you know, it, it's kind of a strange thing, but, and also another metric was, how many negative comments we could get on something hmm. because that meant that it was getting outside of your little tiny sphere. You know, you're, you're the, you're everybody who's a fan of you uh, will see everything you put out there, but the people who aren't fans of you, it takes it getting to a new audience to take. So that's actually, that's, the, a, that's a fascinating metric. That's yeah, awesome. no, it's great too, because it helped, uh, when you work in social, you take a lot of things personally, you know? So if you had a negative comment, you know, you'd go, Oh man, we're not good. What do we do here? This is bad. Oh, but if it's a metric that makes it 
uh, you know, a success metric, you're like, all right, we got another one. All right. So <laughs> it, it, it worked. How do you guys like talk, talk to me about TikTok? So I know that you guys joined early mm -hmm. for higher yeah. ed. Um, and I also know that you guys are, you guys, your accounts are the most talked, one of the most talked about, if not the most talked about in higher ed. So, so like what, uh, what is your TikTok strategy been? And have you been surprised? Like, how do you think through sort of like leading strategy on TikTok? Is it led? Is it, is it pretty whimsical in nature in terms of how and, and when you all decide to create content or what is it, what does that look like? Well, I mean, TikTok, <laughs> let's be real, man. Um, Ryan Morhone, who used to be a social media specialist here and I were huge fans of Vine. And when Vine died, um, we were always looking for the next Vine, you know? And then <laughs> so when TikTok kind of surfaced, I was like, yo, Ryan, this is kind of like Vine, man. Let's, uh, let's play on here. Uh, so this, like most things, things hatch from, you know, a uh, personal preference. And it was like, this is uh, something that we need to at least play with. So, you know, you always have to make time in the schedule to, to go out and play and explore and, or else you, you become so irrelevant or you become the brand or the, the university that like jumps on trends when they're too late. Yeah. And then you look like you're needy and you're just there to be there. Playing and catch up. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you get on early, you get to figure out the lay of the land and uh, figure out how the tool works and what doesn't work. But, you know, of course that all evolves as more people show up, but it's cool to, to be there uh, early. And I think like, so opportunities, you say TikTok's had its moment, you know, and it, it, maybe there's something else out there and what's next. But like they announced like 10 minute videos. Yeah. And it's like, so it's like you do uh, unexpected things in expected places or expected things in unexpected places. Right. So 10 minutes to me is like a, a new gift. And it's like, let's put a 10 minute lecture up there. You know, let, let's do something that's, you know, not, ever seen on there and then what what plays you know well outside of you know on this campus and we have experts everywhere uh doing awesome things we have students doing awesome things so let's let's do something that's 10 minutes and put it out there and just see how it goes and that's the best part about social is i mean what what's the drawback of putting out a 10 minute video you know it's the time that it takes to capture it maybe or edit it together and put it up there but if it flops, man, it flops. We'll, we'll move on, man. People will still remember our name for other things. You yeah. know, it's not going to destroy our brand because we put up a video that was ten minutes. So, you know, a, what are what are like you personally most excited about right now? Like as you think about social. Honestly, landscape. man, it it it's more about how if the web or social web does become more decentralized and we do move into this web three arena. Yeah. Uh, that ownership of things, I think, is such a huge advantage for higher ed that because uh, of our communities that we've built and we built these communities. Uh, we've been building communities long before the, the Internet existed. I mean, when I went to college, uh, there was no Internet as Al Gore's basement. It's a joke I always use. Uh, <laughs> but it's, there was uh, you show up on campus, you know, you join a fraternity, maybe, you know, you, 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 like you, the community kind of like it every touch point whether it's some student affairs thing or uh, within your college you know with a student org you know there it's all about building community and so universities have done this since the dawn of time and you know, when you go to college and you move into a dorm and you have or a residence hall you uh you know get a roommate uh and then you become friends for life 
And it's like, but that's the universities are making all that happen. Um, at least the, you know, the traditional brick and mortar ones. So it's like, um, that's something that we've always done. Yeah. And now as we move into, you know, social is an opportunity to exploit that social is an opportunity to, to make that stronger. You know, once people became more familiar with the platforms and, and the fun of content creation, not, not as a university, but as a, you know, the students and the community. And then as we move into web three, I think the only way that universities will remain relevant, especially if uh, the ownership of content is on individuals is it's like, man, if you don't, if you haven't built that army, uh, it's, it's too late to try to win the war, you know? And it's, there's, there's, there's no way a university that hasn't been using social to build community is going to be able to survive in a web three environment, yeah. unless they like find some weird way to, you know, go out and, you know, I don't know, create these intern teams that will just, you know, be more spammy than anything, you know? So it's future yeah. is definitely, you know, taking that community that you've built and activating them in a space where there's zero control on your end yeah, and giving them the great things on campus to share and the great experiences. What do you, what do you think about like apps like Zimi as a, as like a stepping t stone towards this? Like, what are, what are your thoughts on that? I'm not going to shit on any of your sponsors, man. Right? So <laughs> I'll just, I'll just say that I like things that I can touch without having to create a, a, a new environment. I like things that are more uh, for everybody. Uh, I don't like walled gardens. I don't yeah. even know if it is a walled garden, but I like things that are more in the public stream. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that the good and bad of that is what excites me. Yeah. You know, I, I want to know when someone's had a horrible experience on campus because that's an opportunity to fix something. Yeah. You know, and I want the world to know too because it also puts little heat, you know, higher up. Uh, hey, what's going on? Let's fix this. You know, I, I think that. Um, I like things that are on the open. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's totally fair. What what about like your own like creative process? Like when you are work when you've got a big project that you're working on or you're going to you you want to set up sort of like the the voice of a, a new social network or whatever it is that you guys are launching new accounts for. Um how do, how do you approach that? Like where where are your sources of creative inspiration? Where do they come from? Yeah, I've always been a huge fan of like uh whiteboards and post-it notes and uh, I like uh, when people say there are, are no bad ideas, but there are, dude. And but the best part about bad ideas is it usually sparks someone else to have a good idea. Yeah. So I, I, I enjoy the um, diverse groups of people in the room. Maybe not at the very beginning when you're you know doing the the research and whatnot, but once you start hammering things out and you can get a bigger group together, no more than six people. Uh, cause then it just turns into, it's just terrible. So I keep those groups small, but make sure that they have diverse perspectives and experiences and try to figure out, uh, and represent, uh, get different, um, interest in things. Like there's sometimes the best ideas for social come from people that won't ever touch it, you know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. because we're all human and it's all about just, you know, I don't know, it's, it's don't. I would say the, the worst way to do anything is just to, to sit in your office with the door closed and try to hammer something out. Or if you sit down on a keyboard and just like start filling out a form and it's like, this is, you know, this, this is the goal. This is the audience. This is how we're going to do it. Here's the implementation plan. Here's how we're going to adjust if this happened. Nah, man, 
I, I think that's important for some people to see. But if that's where your stuff is starting, like water for chocolate, you know, let's let's go find some ingredients and let's make them with love and for good reasons. And then it usually just all boils down into something that when it's consumed, people feel good. Yeah, yeah. Do you think like over the next couple of years, uh, let's just say, yeah, the next the next like 24 months here, like what are some predictions you have for for content, for for social, for you, you, you don't know. You're, you're, you're shaking your head. No, like, no. In 24 months, man. Shit. Are we going to be here in 24 months? Is the world <laughs> still around? No. With uh, I think that's a, a interesting way to look at it. But I mean, things happen too damn fast to even consider 24 months. Like 24 months. Nah, no, we're good. Let's go now, dude. There's going to be another pandemic. We're all going to die. So next, next, next three to six months. Next three to six months. Yeah, this fall. Fine, fine, fine. Fall. Fall. Like, uh, I think TikTok's doing some interesting things from the marketing side. Um, and I was tweeting about this and I got a longer rant on some things, but it's like, if we could, what we've always tried to do is to make sure that, uh, the people that are sharing the content have a place to share it, but then we try to like turn it into a marketing thing and how do we get them more engaged? I think TikTok is kind of doing that, but they got the, the bar set at like 10,000 followers. And I love if they came up with like a higher ed product where it was like a thousand followers Yeah, and we could say you know they're they're within our geofence so they're you know they're verified as university of florida and and we could have this bigger pool of things and then you start winning that that thing where what do, what do they want they want more exposure what do we have we have a channel that will give them more exposure and we also if it's a paid thing we can promote their things and they'll they'll grow their their followers and whatnot and they'll get what they want out of it we'll get what we want out of it it'll be a happy community of content but uh yeah i don't the, there's things that come and go there's things that evolve i thought yik yak you know everybody hated yik yak university of florida did some great things our j school is awesome and they partnered up with yik yak back in the days when everybody hated it but they actually worked with them to like provide like a news feed on yik yak i think we're the only i think we were the only ones that had that huh. but so you go to yik yak and people just wanted to you know do whatever they do on yik yak but then they kind of were force fed some like news but it was from students so it wasn't like corrupt it was actual news that was useful, you know, like, Hey, here's what's happening uh, with the fire that happened at the stadium, you know, and people wanted to read it. Um, but yeah, it, this metaverse thing, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about putting on the, the goggles and, and, and going through a metaverse. Of <laughs> campus. I'm not, I think it has its place. And I think that if COVID gave us one thing, it gave us uh, an entire uh, or not entire, but at least the working population. Uh, was forced to do this Zoom stuff, man. And there's no way, like back in February, we were trying to convince everybody to go on Zoom. My team, we all fired up Zoom. We had it on our phones and we were playing with it constantly and saying, hey, this is how it's going to be, dude, if this keeps on happening. And then, but there's people that are like, no, no, what is Zoom? What is Zoom? What is yeah. Zoom? Yeah. But then it's like, hey, now? No, man, there's, you fire up a Zoom and there's people in there that no way in hell they would have ever been on Zoom unless the pandemic forced yeah. us to change how we think about technology so yeah i don't know i think i think things are ripe to to evolve um i think higher ed is positioned greatly and i i know i am jaded since i do work at a flagship university doing epic shit daily <laughs> but it's like if i position myself back at uw green bay more of a regional school we weren't the flagship we always looked at madison saying oh madison you do everything we don't you know but it's like those young or younger scrappy 
schools that might be you know have smaller social followings still have the same opportunities man and yeah. especially as the world evolves around us they have the opportunity to strike quicker than some of the larger ones that might be more bureaucratic yeah so i think there's higher it's good yeah yeah we're, we're good this is this is awesome man last final question i know you got to bounce in a second here so last last question for you is just like who are who are your favorite like people or or brand to follow on social and like like who do you who do you like learn from inside or or outside of higher ed yeah you know man i every time someone asks me anything about that i always go there's nobody there's nobody you know it, there there have been people over the years like mike petroff up at uh he's at the harvard business whatever it is review but back in the day he was their social person and uh he got on giphy I pronounce it GIF, but they pronounce it Giffy. Uh, he got on there, and it it he, he was on there before UF, hmm. but you know, but we're we're well over five billion GIFU, uh, so we, we're beating Harvard now. But him joining that allowed me to go to my boss and say, "Hey, man, we want to create this account." And it's like, "Well, no, no, wait, what is this thing? It's animated GIFs. I know, weird, right?" And it's like, <laughs> "Yeah, not doing it." It's like. But uh, Harvard's doing it. And it was like, boom, green light, go ahead. You know, so uh, I think Mike was huge in helping the University of Florida become the, the top viewed uh, university. Texas A&M, SEC love here, but Texas A&M, uh, they're built different with the whole, uh, I don't know what they do with their uh, community, but they're built different. So they, 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 they're pretty strong. Yeah. With, uh, what they do and uh krista uh, does a great job i think she's in a new role there and i i'd love to see that evolve i'd love to see someone that has the inside baseball knowledge of a social media person with the nights and the weekends and dedicating your passion for social into the place moving up the ladder into a new role that is more uh it has a chance to help social you know become part of the organic nature of the marketing communications team i think that's great i'm i'm very i want to stay jealous of texas a&m but they definitely uh they're keep on your toes hey they're, yeah no yeah. They're, they're they're they there's something man yeah i think it's because you know they're they're in texas you know <laughs> we got beaches here and disney world and people are doing other things you know i think they're they just they're, they're really strong man. yeah so they're great um outside of higher ed I mean, I don't know. I haven't been to Wendy's in forever, and I, I enjoy the snark, but I don't. I don't think that's a necessarily a great use of social. Uh, you know, there, there's that's a hot take. Yeah, it's it's not a hot take, man. I don't think. When's the last <laughs> I, time you were at people, Wendy's? N- never, never. But people, there fan, you go. People well, there you go, man. Yeah, they fangirl over uh, over over Wendy's Twitter, but good good for you. Yeah, but it's it's like it it, it, it didn't help the bottom line. You yeah, know, I, I don't think so. I think what's helping bottom line, if we want to talk fast food, uh, McDonald's joined uh, Workplace on Facebook. Huh. You know, Zuckerberg did his 20 nugget thing or whatever. Uh, but we were trying, we, we were gifted the opportunity from Facebook because we're University of Florida back in the day. So like 2015 or 16 to join Facebook at work was what Workplace was called. And I think that's the, that we could put that down as something that could evolve higher ed if we created something that's familiar, so Facebook's familiar uh, to everybody on this campus, if we could create a Facebook just for our campus community, 
sans students, no students, just faculty and staff, where we could create all these different groups of all these different people doing all these different things and be able to have people like my team jump in and see what everybody's working on and find these different angles. Not only that, the interdisciplinarity of campus, we have 16 colleges on one physical campus. There's so many ways that things could cross pollinate. Right now we're doing that with AI. We're doing AI across the curriculum. And you, you start seeing it that these different areas, whether it's art, you know, you always think engineering, that it could be art and they, they do, there's people that are talking. So Facebook Workplace, I think is, uh, I'm glad that McDonald's got, I don't know how it's gonna, I think it's gonna revolutionize the fast food industry. I, I have no <laughs> idea what they're gonna do on there. But if you see new offerings, maybe it was sparked on Workplace. Yeah. But I think that, I think that these communities that are uh, easily embraced. So like with Workplace, if you understand Facebook, if you've been on Facebook, you understand workplace. I think where it gets tough is uh, when you say, hey, why aren't we doing this as the university still, you know, and it's like, well, we have Yammer as a product. And it's like, I, I, I don't know how to do Yammer. Yeah. I don't, and I don't want to learn how to do Yammer. Yeah. But if, if, you could, if there was a Twitter and it was just for campus, I'd be all over it, man. If it was, you know, Twitter campus, I'd yeah. be all over it. Yeah. So. No, that's, that's brilliant. Uh, I mean, it makes a ton of sense. Um, and that's why getting people to adopt new technology, new software of, of any kind is, is always so difficult. Um, no matter, yeah. no matter how valuable or how beautiful the product actually is, you're, you're forcing people to change behavior and get you, you know, yep. getting them used to a new way of consuming something, um, or asking them to consume things in a different way. And that's just, or asking different. them to consume things that are, they know aren't going to be there forever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. whereas, you know, Facebook, it's got a history, Yeah, you know, it, it, so it's oh. like, yeah. Don't don't give people things that are so disposable and they know you're going to dispose of it after you log in and create your new account and all this nonsense. And then, and then two years later, you're I'm on done. something else. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, dude, this has been amazing. Um, I appreciate your time, sir. Thanks for connecting on Twitter. Thanks for the great work that you do. Um, we'll have your social handles uh, and all that fun stuff below in the show notes. If you're listening and want to connect with Todd, scroll on down and, and you can do so. But appreciate your time. Um, and thanks for hopping on so last minute. Yeah, I wish I was more attentive. You know, I, I feel like I zoned out a few times, but uh, it was fun being here. And I'll thank Seth in private for uh, throwing my name out. Yes, of course. Hey, all Zach here from Enrollify. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Enrollify podcast. If you like this episode, do us a huge favor and hit that follow and subscribe button below. Furthermore, if you've got just two minutes to spare, we would greatly appreciate you leaving a rating and a review of this show on Apple Podcasts. Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. But Enrollify is far more than just a podcast network. Enrollify is where higher ed comes to learn new marketing skills, discover new products and services, and find their next job. We're a growing learning community of 4,000 members, and we'd love to welcome you into the fold. You can access our free blog articles, newsletters, e-courses, and more, or purchase our master course on how to market a university with Terry Flannery at enrollify.org. We look forward to meeting you soon and welcoming you into the community. Again, you can subscribe for free at enrollify.org.